Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Boop, boop. Oh, Michael Massey, what a surprise. Welcome back to the paddock. Didn't think I'd see you here. Thank you very much indeed. Qu- quite quite the reputation, Michael, after the, the way you bad out of F1 after, you know, fundamentally, you know, fucking the sport. Um, any plans for this weekend? Oh, no. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the race, which is more than I can say for you. <laughs> Now we have to fucking talk about racing. We're going to watch a car race, Michael. It's when nerds try and be cool. I think you've done brilliantly. Good podcasting. That's how we roll, baby. Okay, there is so much to go through. I have a list longer than the FIA's current investigation of the FIA regarding everything that went on at the Australian Grand Prix. Shall we just crack on with everything that's happened in the last week leading up to the race? Joshua, if you could give us a rundown, I'd be very appreciative. Stefano Domenicali, um, the head of, uh, of, of Formula One, really, the king the king of F1, um, now that uh, Michael Massey's gone, and... Um... Mohammed bin Suleiman. Oh, okay. Well... <laughs> it's not the easiest one. Like, you know, these... The, yeah, it's difficult. But he has taken a step back, which means that Domenicali is now um, the mafia boss of the FIA. And he has said this week that he wants to get rid of free practice. He says that they are of great use to the engineers, but the public doesn't like them. <laughs> which i always think is a really you know what i don't like i don't like sitting on the runway on airplanes while they check the airplane over um that's really annoying to me so why don't we just get rid of that before every time we go on an airplane and see how that works out that's a good idea i don't like going i don't like paying tax uh or or taking my car to get an mot uh i don't uh i don't like showering really I don't enjoy showering. I could just stop showering. Having a flat tire is so annoying. That's what I wanted to see Magnuson do. 
I wanted to see him complete the race on three wheels. And everybody would find it really <laughs> admirable and cute. It would be like, when you know when somebody has a three-legged dog and you go, oh, good for them. Yeah, like the end of That's Cool Runnings. That's what Magnuson finishing. Uh, oh, right, yeah. There's not a three-legged dog at the end of Cool Runnings. But yeah, if Magnuson and Gunter both like carried the car over the finish line and went, no, 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 we finished this race. And then like that Mike Crack and Zach Brown and Toto and Christian were all like clapping. And it would be Christian Horner that begrudgingly starts the slow clap that bursts into a round of applause. And then Magnuson's dad would be going, ah, you've done me proud. Because of course he wanted him to go to a uh, law school in um, in, in Kingston, Jamaica. Um, Domenicali has said that what I, the, the funny thing about Domenicali wanting to get rid of free practice because the public don't like him, don't like it, is that I feel like the public don't like Domenicali. So by that logic, should we not get rid of Domenicali from F1? If he, if he only wants know to know who Domenicali is, I mean, I think more so in the drive to survive era. Then, then say Charlie Whiting. Nobody knew who uh, the late great Charlie Whiting was, apart from the drivers and the fanatics. Whereas now it's like Twitter, you know, it's it's a big thing on Twitter, and all the podcasts are talking about getting rid of the free practices. The amazing thing is, after the race on uh, Sunday, the Australian commentators who are broadcast around Albert Park out of the speakers were doing so much like drive to survive Formula One fan equivocation about the end of the race going, there are rules, you might not like it, some of the fans in the park might uh, might be confused as to why the race hasn't finished, but there are rules. You know, you can't add an extra half onto a soccer game because you don't like the result. This is the way it has to work. Like say, <laughs> we're sorry, please don't go anywhere. There's so many people here, we're making so much money. Um, uh, it was... Very amusing. I have a, I have a theory. What? I have a theorem as to how we solve the free practice thing. Do you want to hear it? Okay. Okay. Uh, so, I'd like to. Yeah. Okay. So my proposition to Stefano Domenicali is that uh, we get rid of free practice, right? But then also, I don't think the public like qualifying that much, so we get rid of qualifying as well, mm-hmm. right? And then we yep. also we we get rid of the race. That's my big thing. My big three. If you're gonna go, if you're yeah. gonna go big, you know, go properly. If you're gonna do something bad, do it right. So we get rid of FP mm-hmm. one, two, and three, and we get rid of qualifying, and we get rid of the race. So all that we have <laughs> is drive to survive. Yeah, just just stop F one, and it's just drive to survive. But it's not drive. It's like okay, and re- rename it like the Kardashians ice baths to survive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah rename. Re- re- <laughs> um. What do you think? I think that's a good solution. Uh, and if they are going to race, then stop the safety cars. Just when they crash, just get everybody to drive around it. Yeah, exactly. But there wouldn't be like, any driving. Cool. I think you're missing my theory. There wouldn't be any driving. I'm saying we get rid of driving. And instead of drive yeah, to survive. No, no, I like that. It's just to survive. That's what we call the next series, the Netflix show, where all the drivers, just we just get to see what? their everyday life. Because the driving is the boring bit of Formula One in the modern context of the sport. Actually, the, the, the driving yeah. is the bit that nobody likes. So let's just watch Carlos Sainz playing mini golf. What do we think? I, I, what are we going to rename the podcast? Um, clean Air. <laughs> Dirty ice bath water. 
Okay, there is so much news to get through. Adrian Newey's contract with Red Bull is going to expire soon, which means that it's time to renegotiate his contract. And here's an interesting fact. Red Bull currently hire Newey via his own company, which means that he's not part of the cost cap. Isn't that amazing? There are so many dirty tricks in Formula One that they go, that yeah, 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 we didn't break the budget cap. And they go, well, hang on a minute, you did. Um, but you're Red Bull, so we'll let you get away with absolutely everything. There's even more stuff that Red Bull have done this week that w- that I'm going to get into. But they ha- they can pay pay Nui whatever they want because he's technically a contractor and he's worth it as well. Oh, he's worth his weight in gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very much the, uh, from the um, looks of things. They're also siphoning, like from the looks of the Alpha Tauri this weekend, all of the budget for the Alpha Tauri car has also gone towards the Red Bull. <laughs> like that it, that Alpha Tauri car looks like it's been built on like pocket money alone. Well, he's got his uh, they got their they got their first points this weekend. Yeah, but nobody who got like it's all bollocks. Getting points <laughs> this weekend. Only half of them finished. Like everyone got points. It was like that Oprah meme. You get points. You get points. Uh also regarding Red Bull, Perez was um Permitted to start the race by stewards, given his practice laps t- lap times. Uh, so basically, not setting a lap time in qualifying means he's technically outside the 107% uh, tra- uh, timing rule. So technically, Perez shouldn't have been allowed to compete in this week's race. But but was because... He drives for Red Bull, who... I am. Uh, there must be someone in the FIA that Christian Horner just has their wife and child or husband in a basement... Like with a gun to their head, like a saw type situation where they have to um, use a, 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 a taken apart can of Red Bull to cut their hand off to get out of the room. There, there must be yeah. because they are they get away with it. My it's amazing to watch the stronghold that Red Bull have over the over the paddock. It's fantastic. Not to say they don't have the best car. Obviously, they do. Yeah, I know. But that's what the most disappointing thing is, is that these all these advantages in decision making that go on and like you've got the best car anyway just it's like when they were cutting the corners last week so that they could do whatever it was to distract from you pointed it out to me when we were watching the race i can't remember yeah yeah in saudi arabia they were yeah they were just pushing they were just pushing the gap quite largely but apparently they were um they were gaming the rules by cutting that corner yeah yeah it's just a bit sort of dispiriting when it's already I mean, being at the Australian Grand Prix myself, watching uh, Max Verstappen go round and then sort of dawdle and sort of scratch for a little moment and then suddenly, you know, a a brief yawn later, Lewis Hamilton whizzes by. Uh, It's... I don't even know if it's fun for Max to just be at the front. He's so cool (laughs) and, like, calm and collected. He's so... But it's... He sort of has an element... He's, he drives as if he's bored as well. He's lost all of that fuck you mentality. That's why he let Lewis overtake him on the first lap because he's like, oh, I'm not... I don't want to get in the way. I don't want to lose. It's just, I'll carry on driving and overtake you later because I'm faster. Whereas when he was in a slower car, he was like, fuck you, I'm getting my car in front of yours and if we crash, we crash. But, you know, I know that you don't want that. He doesn't have to do that anymore. He can just go, yeah, you overtake me. I'll see you in a few laps. Yeah, it's it's quite an it's like, you know, having a it's like a billionaire businessman and you say to them, "Okay, fine. We're fining you a million pounds." And the billionaire goes, "That doesn't make any difference to me." And then you go, "Wait for it." And also, you're not allowed to see your kids ever again. And the billionaire goes, "Yeah, I don't really like my kids anyway. This is actually pretty fine." <laughs> 
that's what it's like watching Red Bull just just win. It's like they they've broken all the rules, but their punishment it just seems to not affect them in any way. I did enjoy seeing Max temporarily go. Oh my god, they just pushed Matt Lewis just pushed me off, and I went, I can't believe I'm watching. This is the thing that broke my heart. I was fooled, like a like like um like the the person in the movie that you had no idea was actually the bad guy, um, Kaiser mm. Soze or whatever his name is, and I thought that. Yeah. I thought, oh my God, I'm seeing Max getting angry at Mercedes. I'm seeing Mercedes in a one-two position. I cannot believe what I'm watching. Formula One is back. And then what it actually was, was Max just going, yeah, no, I, I can overtake them. I'm in third gear. I can literally overtake them whenever I want. I'll do it later. Thanks very much. And it just it broke my yeah. heart even more. Again, not because there's been some accusations on our TikTok this week that we are um, uh, salty Lewis fans, um, which is not true. Um, we are just salty. You should have heard us fans. when. <laughs> you should have heard us when Lewis was winning. We were just as bored by that. <laughs> it's just like it's a, it's more of a problem with Formula One. Utter soul destroying uninspiring dominance of one team over the rest of the sport is fucking boring. And actually, the way that Red Bull are now make, you know, Mercedes dominance look kind of relatively dull because there was Red Bull, there was Ferrari, there were other teams that could conceivably win races. It was really fun when Max and Dan, Danny were driving into each other and Christian Horner was going into kind of mad paroxysms of rage because he couldn't understand why his two drivers were such dildos and now we've just got these calm like automaton like cyborg drivers driving the best car you've got his little trusty chipmunk helper who does whatever it is the team says driving through everybody i mean it was exciting to watch well before they should we both have to start at the back of every race yeah i well yeah I, I think okay before we crack on with the absolute absurdity of the australian grand prix one final bit of news bridgestone tires apparently are coming back um Liberty Media are allowing them to have a bidding war with Pirelli. Um, I don't know if you remember the 2005 USA Grand Prix where there was all that furore around the Bridgestone tyre thing. And after the um, procession lap, 16 of the cars, I think it was 16, 14 of the cars um, in protest refused to race. And, um, yeah, so Formula One went, okay, this is mental. We're now going to do just one tyre company. And um, now Formula One have gone, got done a full 180 and gone, you know what, I think let's add, let's bring all that terrible drama of multiple bidders for um, for uh, tyre brands in the sport back. So apparently, I'm all for this, seeing Bridgestone tyres come back to Formula One. I think if we can make every aspect of the car a competitive market... Um, I think we're going to see a much more fun time in F1. Yeah, that can that's that's broadcastable. Create drama. Yeah, this is like this has been like, given what Formula One is becoming the, the 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 Kardashianization reality TV. You know how in Big Brother they'd kind of create tasks and put walls in between housemates and give some housemates privileges and take away privileges of others to fuck with them so mm -hmm. that there would be anxiety and they would fight and go insane. Let's do that. Let's just start fucking with the drivers and the teams, taking things away, putting them back. I mean, arguably, giving privileges to some over others is something that's already happening. But let's just let's sort of destroy them. 
if we're going to really have fun with them and we just want to use these people as sort of destroyed dramatic personalities for our own personal entertainment let's just really let's really destroy their sense of personhood um should we do our formula one race review for the um australian oh 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 you got it it's rolex isn't it it's rolex the formula one rolex australian grand prix 2023 we're in my rolex okay first off national anthem australian national anthem solid two out of ten terrible absolutely terrible national anthem australia what i mean i would i expected something better from you i had to stand for that and i felt too awkward not to stand yeah because everybody in the stand stood you were sat in the um you were in the weber weber stand grandstand right yeah turn 11 turn 11 it would have been good stuff at turn 11. Yeah, and you I was I was hoping that you would have seat 21 so I could make a multi 21 joke. Um alas seat 3, sorry. Yeah, I know, so annoying. Um seat 3 section B. Yeah, that's where uh, Perez uh, ran well, off, right? That's the gravel I trap. I don't know because I I wasn't at um I wasn't at qualifying, but I was at the race. It was the corner that Lando Norris finally took Hulkenberg. And that was a very exciting thing to watch happen in front of mine eyes. I want to say, uh, um, all- I like to, uh, obviously we, we like to joke about Formula One, but the Australian Grand Prix really is the best of Formula One. I We take the it piss. Is. It's so easy to to take the piss out of all the other territories and the questionable places that Formula One goes to and the way that they're opening up the sport to these very odd locations and choices to the highest bidders of based on night races and money and yada 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 but genuinely i think we have the sort of um the money location races so you get your monacos and stuff like that where it's all about the celebrities and the big the kind of glistening diamond of formula one and then you get the sort of you get the sort of uh um the we don't like women and gays places that formula one loves racing in and Australia that's really new money, is, isn't it? yeah, that's nouveau riche. Um, the, Monaco, uh, the Monaco's old money, and the uh, and the and the like Bahrain's and the uh, Saudi Arabia's. That's the new money. Yeah, one is diamond money. The other one is blood diamond money. And um, what I love about, <laughs> I think, what the Australian Grand Prix is, is it, it it brings out the really the the real Formula One fans in Australia. I absolutely loved watching. The fans, I loved all the pre-race stuff. I thought that it's the, it's a place where people are sort of taking the piss and everyone was like, I saw someone ask Christian Horner to sign his autograph and Horner did it. He signed on a big version of his own head. He wrote, um, change your fucking car, Christian Horner, because someone asked him to sign that. And he did it. And, <laughs> and I think that more places like Australia, please. It's like the sort it of... It was a huge, huge fun event it was like being at a festival the whole of albert park there's food trucks everywhere i'm not sure what other grand prix like i've never been but there was djs and champagne tents and uh i, I spent a lot of time in the liquid molly tent yeah. uh hugging hanging out with the liquid molly people asking them about liquid molly they were really enthusiastic to tell me about their products and uh a lot of t- people were spending time on the racing sims and uh, buying kind of merch. There were lots of merch stalls and uh, like historical F1, uh, you know, uh, tents where there was kind of books and pieces and old kind of screens showing old footage. Uh, but I, I, I spent most of my time in the liquid molly tent. Also, what was funny is it was baking. I don't know if you can tell, Joshua, from the, uh, the 
the the the, the color of my face. Yeah, you look like I, a I sort got of sunburnt. Yeah, you look like a um a a very well prepared gammon right now. Um, thank you. You look. Uh, you, I'll be honest with I, you. If if I could throw a little bit of honey glaze over you and poke a couple of cloves into your cheeks, I think you look quite delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Uh, I appreciate that. The grid walk as well, Kylie Minogue. Great to see Kylie on the grid walk. Um, I enjoyed seeing uh, Jensen Button sort of go up to her and be like, hi, it's Jensen. Do you remember? Like, I think they they shagged in 2004 is what that looked like when he went up to her. 2004? It looked wow. like that. It looked like he went over and was like, hi, Kylie. She was like, oh, my God, Jensen. <laughs> And, but, and they had to embarrassingly go, oh, yeah, remember that awkward night in a hotel after? It just looked like that. I might be completely wrong. Horner was absolutely loving his chat with Kylie Minogue. Really absolutely couldn't get enough of it. I think he obviously has a thing for 90s pop stars. Yes, short sort and... of ginger. And also she's very much the sort of, um, she's the full fat Coke to Jerry Halliwell's um, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> really, if you think about it. You know, Kylie's actually had some absolute bangers and can kind of sing really well jerry halliwell sort of you know yeah she's a she's a true pop star do you remember uh jerry halliwell's two big songs um it's raining men which is that a uh, yeah that was a cover that doesn't um, count that doesn't count uh was was michika latino hers michiko latino Show me where I need to go. Donde está Michika Latina? Yeah, and it's uh, um, her on a yacht, which is, I mean, very foreshadowing as to what the rest of her life would be. But um, it's the videos um, her on that yacht, remember? Yeah, is that one of the ones that you had in mind? Yeah, that was one. And the other one was uh, from the album Schizophonic, was her debut album. <laughs> And uh, it was called Scream If You Wanna Go Faster, Baby. Scream If You Wanna Go There. That one. And it was sort of around that yeah. that Austin Powers sort of 60s. Boop, beep, beep, boop, boop. So there was like, it was a very sort of 90s, but we like the 60s vibe. Are those her two big hits? I'm sure those, she had another hit. No, I think those are the two. That's it. That's all. I mean, obviously the Spice Girls, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, as you know, as a solo artist. She's sort of the Garfunkel of the Spice Girls, really, when you think about it. Um, uh, yeah, I can I, see that. I think Mel C is sort of the Paul Simon of the Spice Girls. She's the one with the biggest solo hits, I think. Yeah, Mel B never really, she wasn't asked, was she? She had a song in uh, Austin Powers 2, The Spy Who Shagged Me, called, uh, it was a cover yeah. of Word Up by Cameo. That was her big song. Yes, Word yeah, Up. Yeah, yeah. It's the big <laughs> yeah. word. Yes, I remember What's now. What's the Word Up, Word Up, ow. Um, and then Mel yeah. C, Mel C had, um, I thought that Brian we Adams. would just be friends. Things will never be the same again. It's just the beginning. It's not the end. That one. And she had, yeah, don't yeah. go, Brian. Even food don't taste that good. <laughs> I always found that an interesting lyric in the Brian Adams song when when when, when she goes, uh, we will get back to the Formula One content shortly. But when she goes, it is, this is Formula One adjacent. Um, she says, uh, Baby, when you're gone, things has got even food don't taste that good. And I always just thought, well, that's not really that bad, is it? If it doesn't taste that good, it still tastes fine. Really. Also, f- food. Yeah, I know. Like it's broad. so broad. 
<laughs> Does that mean uh, like, creme? Do food yeah. don't taste that good. What food? Yes, yeah, that creme like brulee, oysters, or Jaffa cakes, pasta. like yeah. what? <laughs> Um, also, Gridwalk, I, something that I absolutely loved on the Gridwalk was obviously Martin Brundle not being there. Real shame. But he did give Anthony Hamilton, he spoke to Anthony Hamilton, and then he gave Anthony Hamilton a hug. And I found that absolutely lovely. That was lovely. That's really, really sweet. I, yeah. What I liked is all of the, there was a guy on our stand taking photographs of the people watching the race. And uh, they were in the way of this woman who was watching. And they went, ah, sorry, um, are we in the way of you watching the race? And she went, I'm just here with my boyfriend. I couldn't give a shit. (laughs) And I went, oh, that's nice. It's just a nice day out. He's dragged you to sit. Uh, Also, it was so hot. And because they're all Australian and therefore have no sense of, you know, the correct... I'm there in like a T-shirt in my sunglasses getting burnt because... I figured it's the autumn, it's Melbourne. I just forget that it's in Australia and there's no ozone layer here. And everyone is in these huge North Face jackets like they're about to traverse the steely traps of wintry Russia. It was unbelievable, our different perceptions of what the temperature was. Uh, on the whole... It's time for our race review. On the whole, would you would you go again to a, a Formula... This was your first Formula One live experience. It was my first Formula One live experience. I would go again. Yeah, I'd like to. I thought it was a great day. Let's crack on with our uh, Formula One race review for the Australian Rolex Grand Prix 2023. Okay, this Indeed. was the most mental Formula One race. This race is, was so... This race was so insane that the FIA have to investigate themselves for the way that they put on... I don't trust that. that, That's like someone inviting everyone round to dinner and getting really... And the host gets incredibly drunk and falls asleep on the sofa and everyone just has to let themselves out. That's what this race felt like. It's just... It's like me letting my girlfriend know whether she orgasmed or not. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing is, is we live in the world of the internal investigation now anyway. That's just the world we live in. How can you... Where, where the, if the government or the police or Formula One do anything wrong, they have to just investigate themselves. And lo and behold, every time they go, yeah, actually, turns out we found out that we didn't do anything wrong when we looked into what we did badly. The answer is we did nothing. It's insane. Yeah, maybe they should do a, a trade with Boris Johnson. Like Boris Johnson can investigate the FIA's internal process and the FIA can adjudicate as to whether or not Boris Johnson was at those parties during lockdown. Three. And they'll just shake hands and go... <laughs> Don't worry. We're all we're all fine. We looked into it, each other's shit. We're all fine. Perfect. No need to worry about anything. Three red flags, Alfie. Technically four red flags. So the first red flag was when Albon chunked it into the wall. It was such a shame as well, wasn't it? Uh, second one, uh, Magnussen's wheel falling off because he drove into the wall. Yeah. And then Gasly and Ocon, um, the two, which reminded me a lot of um, Ocon and Perez when they both raced for Force India. I think it was in Singapore where they both hit each other on the second corner. And then there was, yes. there was, and was actually... it in Azerbaijan that the Red Bulls went into each other? Uh, yeah. Danny and, Danny and Max. Max. Yeah, yeah. Azerbaijan. Danny and Max. Danny and Max. That's how I hear it in my head. Um... Like and, Rosie and Jim, is that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Danny and Max. Okay. <laughs> um, and then there was technically a fourth red flag on the... Fu- also, I mean... Oh, my God. Just skipping over the absurdity. Firstly, two of those red flags, completely undeserving red flags. Those were safety car 
like just sweep the gravel off the road. It's racing. Let's let them carry on racing. That's what happens. Let them carry on. But no, the FIA decided to turn it into a spectacle where they went, oh, well, we could do another restart. Wouldn't that be amazing? And they went, oh, okay. And then another crash, the second one, Magnuson, that should have been a yellow flag. And they went, no, 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 this is great. We could do another one. This is huge. And that's really when they had to eat the um, the absurdity of that, where it came back round to haunt them. Because in all seriousness, they put they decided to have a big finish because Michael Massey was there and they wanted to impress him and go, hey, look, we can top what you did, Nabby Dabby. Watch this. So they had this big two-lap race restart and then six of 10 or 15 of the cars all just smashed into each other and they chose in that moment they chose entertainment over racing and could have seriously injured some of the drivers how did they not see it coming that with two laps left they were all going to go absolutely batty hell for leather and start driving like fucking maniacs especially seeing as you've got like there was so much to gain for those at the back there was obviously going to be people rear rear-ending the people in front of them because it, there was that much desperation in that short time frame. It was it was crazy. And I mean, they always say about like football referees or umpires, a good referee in, fo- in a football match, they always say, you're, you'll know that the referee was good if you didn't notice he was there. Yeah, yeah. And that same is true of the FIA. If you didn't, but they were so keen to be the, the story. Yeah. So keen to be the thing that everybody, hey, do you see that we... The race was them. They were the winner of the race. It wasn't I mean, th- else. That's the thing. The race was actually quite... I mean, aside from the beginning, again, where Max just sort of went, yeah, sure, you guys go on ahead. I'll catch up. Like like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, you're walking around a city and your friend wants to stop at the bookstore. Oh, no, no, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see you in a minute. Um, and that they the spectacle is what is why we are talking about this race it wasn't the racing it wasn't amazing racing it was just the absolute there was technically a fourth red flag on that absurd procession lap akin to the belgian grand prix 2021 where it just rained all day and they went well technically we don't have to just refund don't do everyone it. why did they do that procession lap what what was the point but- what was the point i think they originally wanted to do an actual lap and then they so they, they decided that there would be one more lap and then they just didn't know how they could do it because they didn't know what would be fair. And they basically, I think they knew if we start this race from a standing start again, they're going to crash again and we're going to have to red flag it again because we've set a precedent now. So they were what's called hoist by their own petard and therefore they just couldn't. It was like they checkmated themselves. Yeah. They're fucked. They were fucked by the end and they just couldn't. They should have just called it if they were going to do the procession lap and gone. Uh, but also there was so much fucked up stuff about that final lap that was harsh on Carlos Sainz and Gasly, I think, uh, and very kind to Alonso. That's my song of the race is uh, let's get petarded. Let's get petarded in here. <laughs> also, I just while I I'm do. thinking about it, I, I yet to see Will I Am, the ambassador of Formula One. I haven't seen him anywhere this year. Um, and again, like you were saying about the racing, a, a good referee is when you don't notice, and a good race is when you don't notice that Will I Am's not there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but oh my god, that there was a fourth red flag where Magnussen, um, his car, his engine just cut out or whatever it was, or, or Hulkenberg on that last lap, and 
I just can't wrap my head around why the reason that they did that procession lap is because they knew they knew that they'd ballsed up basically they knew that they'd gone oh my god we should not have done that restart look at what's happened six cars have crashed out in on the on this one lap and they went what do we do we can't admit that we were wrong and just finish the right and also where would they finish would they finish from the starting grid position of the second rest third second restart um or did they finish from the crashed out positions putting hulkenberg on it was just all a massive massive human error um where they decided, like you said, to make themselves a spectacle. So with that in mind, um, let's get into our... Um, I mean, I don't even know what the constructor standing is. I've got McLaren at the back, but I don't think that's the case anymore, seeing as they both finished in the I'll, points. I'll, 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 I'll tell you... No, uh, McLaren have uh, surged up to fifth in the constructors. Okay, so who's at the back? back is Williams. So Sergeant... Uh, also, Sergeant... Why is it that Carlos signs... Um, you know the bit in Austin Powers yeah, yeah, yeah. 2 I saw that. where Austin Powers goes, wait a minute, but if I go back in time and I see me in the past, but me in the past sees me from the future and something, oh no, I've gone cross-eyed. How is it possible that Carlos Sainz, who we'll get to when we get to Ferrari, that Carlos Sainz gets a penalty for a lap that doesn't exist, but Sargent smashed it into De Vries on that race restart and got nothing. Is it, was it De Vries? He got nothing. Uh, because he DNF'd anyway? Yeah, but so because because of that, because of that, he did the same yeah, thing. But you can't. No. What what what, what penalty did they give? They just said, it, "Hey, uh, you DNF'd, but because you crashed in the back of De Vries, now you like now you really didn't finish." For I like, think now you extra didn't. A fitting punishment. I think they should take away some of his uncle's money that he made selling um, gasoline to. Um, Iraq during the Iraq war well that is the kind of blue sky thinking that you're famous <laughs> for which means that if I was in charge I'd give you a position at the FIA but sadly I don't make the decisions around here um I suppose they could have docked a point uh from the constructors championship yeah uh, but... which would leave them on uh, no points <laughs> no, I think they've they've got one point they do have one point. I I, I felt I no, felt no. so bad for Alex Albon as well. I felt so bad for him this week. It felt like he they had their highest starting position, and and then just um, and even before all the drama started, he is out for the count for the night, and it was just I it I felt his pain. I really did. I really did as well. Especially, it's so heartbreaking when somebody's done well all weekend. So, I mean, it's Russell again, isn't it? Uh, Albon had really. Full of optimism, and he'd got his little little boy's smile all shining at everybody, and he'd managed to impress the people at Williams. And again, like Sergeant is like a new Latifi, like Williams loser. Like yeah. he's just the new. Have you seen the footage of him driving into the back of De Vries? It's I could have avoided. It's that. one of the most embarrassing things <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen. It's the the thing is, what's really funny about it is that you can you can see the braking distance and the braking time and the thought in his head because you can hear the revs coming off and him going, "Oh no, is this again?" I keep quoting Austin Powers, but you know that bit where the where the big roller is heading towards <laughs> the guard, and he goes, what? "No, I don't know." It's just because because it was this this race felt like an absurd comedy to me. Okay. But you know that bit where the where it's the like, guard the guard thinks the steamroller is going to crush him and he goes no but he's 
the, the steamroller's 200 feet away from the guard. So he keeps shouting no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even though he has five minutes to get out the way. That's what that Logan Sargent crash looked like. And I also want to say, the, um, I think we, I would like to crown Sargent the new Latifi. The, the only way that Sargent could have crashed into the back of the Vries like that is if he was checking his phone. <laughs> That's the only way... It was such a embarrassing, like, you're in the car and you just ha- you've forgotten to brake in a traffic jam and you've got into the back of some. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns attractive woman's bmw z3 and she's really nice about it that happened to me uh in ninth <laughs> alpha, alpha. Oh. okay yuki getting some points yuki to know to finish 10th oh first points for lovely yuki i am so i'm on the listen i'm t- i'm team yuki this year this is my guy um i want him to win uh, every sort of best of the rest opportunity there is. Um, I think DeVries, DeVries DNF because he got uh, smashed. It was a very American thing for Logan Sargent to do as well, just drive into the back of someone when he could have completely avoided it. It felt like a very like uh, American crash to rear-end someone after tailgating them. Um, but yeah, DeVries DNF'd, um, one of the multiple drivers in this absolute wacky race. Um, one of the eight no, one of the seven, sorry. sorry. Uh, and uh, I mean, yeah, I thought Yuki, I mean, very lucky because of Carlos signs an invisible penalty. Um, but, you know, like uh, Vin Diesel said, doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, winning's winning. And in eighth place, Alfa Romeo, <laughs> Alfa Romeo, it's a little bit of pizza pasta. I mean- Joe Guan Yu did really well to finish in ninth, and Smacky was just what the what was wrong? He was languishing at the back for so long. It was he, with Devries actually. It was impossible for him to do anything except. This is the funniest thing about this race is that he was just having the most appalling time the whole race, trundling round at the back, visibly slower than everybody else, and ended up finishing in a fairly respectable eleventh. But of course, the race finish positions are. An illusion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, um, sorry, it's time for Smacky Bop Bop Bop. Uh, I, um, uh, Bottas is very much sort of, uh, 
becoming this sort of cult icon of F1. Didn't you say that everyone in Australia was like obsessed with Bottas? Yeah, the, the two best t-shirt, the two, the three best t-shirts I saw. Well, three of the best t-shirts I saw were Bottas t-shirts and worn by blokes with mullets and moustaches who probably looked that way before Bottas did, to be fair, but have really taken (laughs) them to his heart. I mean, Bottas is far more Australian than Piastri is. And the best T-shirt I said uh, t- I saw was a guy sitting next to me in a burned Mylander T-shirt. Uh, very jealous. What of. did it say? What, uh, like a what? Bert Mylander has his own merch. Bert Mylander. Mylander. It just was a photo of Bert Mylander, like uh, like a nice photo of him in his in his safety car gear, smiling like on a street in a big rectangle, and underneath it said Bert Mylander. It looked like the sort of T-shirt you'd wear if he was dead. That was the only weird thing about it, but it, it was sounds great. like it sounds like a T-shirt from his own stag do is what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Joe did very well to finish in uh, ninth, as we've said, and yeah, Bottas in eleventh. Uh, Joe Guan Yu, Yuki Tsunoda, and I think it was Magnuson were part of a sort of triumvirate uh, that were stuck at the back, but very very close to each other. There were these little pockets of intrigue in the race, and that was one of them, where they were all essentially stuck together, but nothing could really, nothing could happen. There was Perez kind of moving through all of them, like sort of bad chicken. Uh, But they they were all, it it made for kind of interesting watching for most of the race until the race went sort of uh, batshit and jumped the shark, I believe is what you put on the uh, Twitter. Yeah, it really felt like a shark jumping race. Uh, seventh place, Haas, uh, Magnussen with a uh, well with a technical DNF. Hulkenberg in seventh, although I think his engine cut out on the final lap owing to the fourth red flag that people seem to have ignored. Um, I very much enjoyed on the formation lap. Um, this is where K Mag gets my dirty air for the DA uh, two uh, DA twenty three um, season. He gets my driver dirty air driver of the day. Um, because on the formation lap, he just cut that wild corner and blasted past everyone, covering all the drivers in gravel, which in the context of yesterday's race should technically have been a red flag. Um, but I don't know if anyone saw Magnussen on the formation lap. For some reason, he, one corner, he just went, yeah, fuck this, and just drove through and just and blasted no, that, past everyone. That was because they all, for some reason, slowed down to a standstill. And the reason why they couldn't red flag for that is because it had already been red flagged. So all the drivers were going round back into the paddock for one after one of the red flags. He, they stopped, and like on the motorway, everybody should have put their hazards on, but they didn't. <laughs> so he just... So he had to go, oh, my fucking God, and just drove through the gravel. As, like he couldn't slow down in time. He turned a corner and then just saw all these Formula One cars sat there fucking doing nothing for no good reason. It was so, so funny. Um, that's the that's the fun yeah, thing that's... about this season is aside from um, uh, what you're going to do with all that. Hass. All that. Hass. Inside them. Cars. One of the things I'm in, two of the things I'm enjoying this season is how much you actually have to talk about Haas. And I'm also enjoying that it's um, that the this midfield, basically everyone except Red Bull and then maybe Mercedes and Alpine at the top. It just keeps switching. It keeps, you know, it's like 
the the game the, the the game is you know Tetris and it's really like all the different blocks are coming. I don't know which team is where. One week McLaren at the back, the next week they're in fifth. Um, I am all for uh, this um, uh, hopscotch uh, swip swap that seems to be happening with all. Well, these as teams. as we alluded to uh, the other week, this would be such a fantastic season if Formula One didn't exist or if Red Bull didn't exist. It would be so. Who did I say? You said Formula One, which I... Oh, right, if Formula One didn't I mean, exist, it would be a great season. Uh, kind of agree. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, if Red Bull didn't exist. <laughs> That's a Freudian slip, if ever I've heard one. I was speaking my truth to the podcast listener. Uh, yeah, if Red Bull didn't exist, what an amazing season we're all having. And, you know, with teams taking points of each other, the hopscotch, the amazing... And it, it, it was a really fun race. It's just the person who wins the race is always going to be from the same team and usually one person. Yeah. Um, uh, it was... Uh, but, uh, so Magnuson's... Help, what, what was the fourth red flag? I missed that because I went... I left the stand at that point to go and try and find a good vantage point for the sort of waving lap that the drivers do after they finish. The um, um, the During the procession lap where the FIA went, oh no, we can't finish here, but we have to finish, but we can't finish finish. So let's just do a little finish. Um, yeah. they, uh, um, the Haas, the remaining, Ulkenberg's Haas just conked out, basically. So he pulled over, which given... Every... But he still finished seventh. Yeah, because it was a procession lap. So the race, so that wasn't racing. That no, was just... Yeah, they said, they said no overtaking, yeah. Yeah, so why would you send the cars, you know what? I'm just going to take yesterday as like, um, you know, like that episode of Friends where, where it's like the one that could have been. Where you know Monica's mm. overweight and Joey's <laughs> successful, Rachel's still married. I, that's what yesterday's race was. I've just gone. This isn't canon. This doesn't fit into the timeline. This is just a weird sort of multiverse episode that's a standalone thing, and I it can only make peace with it by uh, consuming it as such. In fifth place, Alpine. Sixth. Uh, sorry, sixth place. Um, Alpine uh, with two. <laughs> oh, those boys, two DNFs. And this is one of the, we saw two great partnerships in Formula One begin to break down this weekend. We'll get to the second one. Uh, one of the great things about Formula One is the PR friendship that the drivers have to have when secretly all they want to do is win and kill their teammate. And Ocon <laughs> and Gasly, two French drivers in a French team, um, the you know the the pride of um, of of France. Um, this week, I think, will be the the breakdown, the first thing that pushes their sort of. Everyone knows they hate each other. I think they've had a difficult kind of relationship growing up in karting, etc. But I think this race will be the first sort of domino that makes them really start fighting from now on. They were quite keen to sell the idea that they were still very good chums and it was nobody's But fault. that's when you know, I think. That's when you know. I think because... I think the thing is, it was it was good for the team that it was Gasly's fault. Because yeah. if it had been Ocon's fault, there would have been no end of piss. It would have been a hurricane of piss uh, <laughs> blown down upon that particular part of the paddock. Uh, it would have been a nightmare but because it was Ocon uh, who who got fucked by Gasly and like Ocon was way back in the pack and they they just ended up against each other like Ocon's go yeah that was your fault but you know 
I'm 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 a nice boy. Do you know who um, Ocon and Gasly? Do you know who Ocon and Gasly remind me of? Who? Do you remember in the nineties where Schwarzenegger and DeVito got together and made all those movies? Like twins I and twins. And Junior. There was another one called Junior. Uh, where Arnold oh, Schwarzenegger has a baby. Remember Sega's that? pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm in labor. Um that was uh my that's what i that's what the alpine team remind me of you've got sort of gasly's the schwarzenegger and ocon is the danny devito you have this sort of um the brawn and the sort of weakling guy the relief yeah yeah it's uh, it's very much a sort of comedy duo and they are going to openly hate i would make a bet with you now i'm going to make a bet with you now by the time we get to silverstone even though we're sort of on summer break now in formula one uh spring break Woo-hoo! um they are going to openly be slagging each other by the time we get to silverstone that's my assumption. i don't think i don't think ocon has it in his heart to slag anybody i think his timidity he's like a he's a softly spoken kind of uh character from downton abbey who just wants to sort of please whoever it is he's working for he's too <laughs> He's too pliable to the party spirit, uh, 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 Esteban Ocon. Gasly, however, will be shoving people. And because he, he, he obviously wants, he's got this kind of vibe. He's obviously not the biggest guy in the world. He's not the most naturally handsome, but he's put a lot of, he's given a lot of money to different hairdressers and barbers to try and make himself look as attractive as he can mm-hmm. and gymnasiums and personal mm-hmm. trainers. He, he has this kind of volatile insecurity. That said, he raced brilliantly. Yep. Up until he fucked it. He was um, he was within one second of signs the whole race. He was right behind him and he didn't let up, which I think, I mean, it was also very impressive for signs not to have uh, fucked up under that pressure. We'll get to him. <coughs> yeah. But I was really impressed with Gasly and impressed with the pace that they had. Ocon was by himself for the whole thing. He wasn't, he, nobody was pressing him to get by and nobody was... And he wasn't looking to get ahead of anybody. He had a very uneventful race. If if Gasly was one part. second within Signs, technically by the ending of this race, that means that Signs was within four seconds of Gasly. Um, in this weird topsy turvy world where Signs has got a penalty for a lap that didn't exist. Anyway, we'll get to it. In fifth place, McLaren finally. Um, uh, sometimes in Formula One, you have to be the fastest car. Sometimes uh, you just have to wait for everyone else to crash into each other to get your points. And that's the lucky lady luck hand that was dealt to McLaren this week with Norris finishing sixth. Piastri in his home race, his first home race in Formula One, finishing in eighth place. Um, one of the things I found very endearing about this weekend, this race, was that... Um, uh, Oscar Piastri's nan made little sweet treats that were in the McLaren uh, paddock garage, a hospitality area that said, you know, to the team from Oscar's nanny. And she made like sort of chocolate, mm. chocolate covered marshmallows and stuff like that. I thought that was absolutely adorable. If um, if you think that there was five minutes where the Australian commentators shut the fuck up about Oscar Piastri, then I have very bad news for you <laughs> because they would not shut up about Oscar Piastri. This and it was it's like a participation award, like their race. It's like well done, you you drove the whole thing. Yeah. So anybody who managed to get to the end of the race, it's like uh, Muhammad Ali versus George Foreman, the boxing match, the Rumble in the Jungle. 
George Foreman punched himself out and then at the end, Muhammad Ali tips him over and he's just so exhausted he's knocked out. It's like, yeah, they won because they just, they managed to finish. Yeah, and yeah. everybody was so impressed. Oh, great for McLaren. Don't think that this means they have pace. They don't. No. It just means that it's, it, they finished. Yeah, they That's got lucky. All it they means. got very, Piastri um, uh, didn't even make it out of Q1. I'm in his home right. Let's oh, yeah. not let's not like if we're going to praise him and take the salt with the with the sweet um, and we're going to say well done for getting points in your Formula 1 race. We also need to draw attention to the fact that he didn't even get out of Q1 in his home race. And um, I heard him on uh, on uh, Beyond the Grid this week. And, you know, when you listen to a Formula 1 driver and you, you hear them talk and you go. I'm just this is just a, I'm listening to a, a millionaire right now talk about their childhood. And there's something really funny. <laughs> there's something really funny about f- young Formula One drivers when they go, yeah, you know, it's nice to be here. You know, I've been working my whole life, you know, for the last three and a half years. <laughs> and you're like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, is it have the last three and a half years been a bit of a challenge for you? And um, be, <laughs> and like there was something on the podcast when he went, you know, I saw uh, um, I went to a go-kart track and I saw some, you know, my sister, someone was go-karting and then I went downstairs the next day and there was a go-kart, you know, in the living room and that's how I got started. And I was like, okay, great. So just a, you know, £40,000 present bestowed at your feet. Paying itself back though. It was an investment. It was an investment in the future and it's paid off. Do you think the drivers like that? the Piastri family. Do you think that a driver like that is in profit at this point? Do you think? Uh, what's what's Piastri going to be on? Hundred, two, three, four, five hundred thousand pounds a year. Um, five hundred thousand pounds a yeah, year. Yeah, probably probably half a million a year. Yeah, plus obviously all the sponsorship deals, etc. Et Cross sponsorships. But a lot of the time, uh, you know, the, the teams aren't. You know, certain things in the contract, like even getting to the races and stuff like that. Sometimes that's not even covered by the team. Uh, yeah, Piastri won't have covered it all off. Lando will. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Lando's in. Profit. Lando's been driving long enough that Lando's in profit, but Piastri, uh, Piastri's not, but he will be. Here's something and, that you know. Yeah. You know when uh, when you and I talk about music and we go, oh, you know, Brian Wilson made Pet Sounds when he was 24, and it makes us feel very old. Or that the Beatles had split up yeah. like they were our age. Lando Norris is still only about 14, and he's been in F1 half a decade. Yeah, isn't that incredible? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Isn't that amazing? I found out that I'm I'm almost the same age that Kelsey Grammer was when Frasier started. Oh my God, that is just in fourth that's place. Bad, isn't it? In, in fourth place. Uh, <laughs> Ferrari. I still want your hands up on on my my body. body. I like being in fourth place. Ferrari. Ferrari. DNF for Charles Leclerc. And Carlos Sainz in in a twelfth place. Do you know what Ferrari reminds me of? Is that song from the 90s that goes, Just a little bit of history repeating. Every time I see them do anything, that song just goes, Heaven wrapped in Latin this world. It's just a little bit of history repeating. Uh, if, uh, if they didn't have bad luck, they'd have no luck at all. <laughs> oh. Oh boy, poor Charles. I mean, before the race even went um, uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Pops, he was out. Can you imagine mm-hmm. flying to Australia and doing that on the first yes. lap? Can yeah, but getting all the way there and going, oh, I didn't need to be here. I mean, it's it's that's the brutality of it. But at least there's another race here. And I always think that with boxers, like you fly to you fly to Jeddah to fight some 
buddy. You fight like twice a year, maybe. You get knocked out in the first round. You go, I was just in a training camp for four months. At least there's another one soon. But I did feel for him. And you can tell now that the situation at Ferrari, like Hamilton last year, like, you know, last year we mentioned that Hamilton was like not performing as well as Russell because Hamilton's used to being in a world championship car and Russell was used to being at Williams. So Russell was all full of optimism and Hamilton was full of, uh, I'm not used to being in a shit car. Leclerc now feels like the shit car is getting to him spiritually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, he's... Signs he- ran... Signs was amazing. Signs ran an amazing Absolutely race. Incredible. And I... I just how can you get a penalty for a lap that doesn't count? I don't understand. Uh if the race positions um if they went back to what Silverstone was, uh which meant that Fer- Fernando Alonso you killed my father prepare to die. Um if he gets to finish on the podium, how does Carlos get a penalty? I don't understand the it doesn't make scientific sense. Uh, it doesn't make any sense, but I suppose you've got to penalise the action to make sure it doesn't happen again. Even in the same way that you you still go to prison for attempted murder. <laughs> but, I mean, the, my big criticism of the rule is he got a five-second penalty. Now, usually in the context of a race, that might cost you one place by the end of a race. Maybe two <laughs> if you're unlucky. <laughs> This cost him eight <laughs> places because it was a fucking procession lap and everybody was squeezed together. The gap between 12th place, it was the whole max to Carlos signs. He was six seconds behind Max Verstappen with his five second penalty and he dropped from fourth to 12th. It's insane. That is such an unfair but then, you know, rules are rules, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is about whenever in, anybody in Formula One says rules are rules, well, no, they're not. No, they're not. Rules aren't rules. They don't if count. we've learned anything from Formula One, it's that rules aren't rules. Rules are not. They're, rules aren't. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell me that rules are rules. You, If you can make it up as you go along, as seems to be happening every race, then you can go, oh, well, that's not what he should get. That's not fair. He raced so well with... Gasly right up his ass the whole time. Also, interestingly, the third fastest lap of the entire race, obviously the first one, not obviously, but the first fastest lap was Perez, uh-huh. uh, then Verstappen, obviously, mm-hmm. and then it was uh, uh, Sainz. Yeah. So the car obviously goes, and I think with Sainz being able to perform in fourth, we didn't see what Leclerc had in store. Obviously, they didn't have the best qualifying. But... The Ferrari car might not be as bad as everybody thinks. Well, the, the it prob- wasn't Leclerc's fault that it was DNF'd. You know, the, the problem that we have this year is that um, second, third, and fourth place in the constructors are essentially all fighting for one thing, and what that does is it means that Red Bull just run away, and every week it's going to be Aston, Mercedes, or Ferrari, Ferrari, um, who are going to sort of cut into the leftover points but that just means that there's a going to be a even bigger point differential between first and second place throughout the season because Red Bull currently on 123 points second place is 65 points Aston Martin Ferrari and fourth have 26 points so there's there's no contest really between 
obviously Red Bull, everyone knows that they're so far ahead, but it just means that by the time we get to summer break, as opposed to the spring break that we're currently on, um, yeah, it, we're just going to, it's going to be completely uncompetitive and quite boring to watch Red Bull just sprint off um, into the distance. That's, uh, I, th- I think that's quite an ambitious use of the future tense there. Uh, <laughs> in that it, very much already boring. Uh, they're, they're, they've got an, the Red Bull's lead is unassailable, and yeah. I actually think that you'll see Ferrari, Mercedes, and Aston Martin. They will finish the season, I'd imagine, on around the same amount of points. Would be my prediction. I predict Ferrari and Mercedes, uh, Ferrari and Mercedes, to both come back at Aston Martin, and <sighs> for us. That, that that's what I reckon is going to happen, which leads us Mercedes, to third place. Uh, Russellton, Hamilton and George Russell. I call them Russellton. Um, Russell, uh, that's my thing. Like Baff, like, like uh, what did what did J Lo and Ben Affleck called like Baffleck or something? J J Jennifer Jennifer. Yeah yeah yeah. That's what my well, we're calling them Russellton from now on. Um, this is this is the second relationship I wanted to say where this week we get to see. I think the first point where. Russell was like, for God's sake, guys, like, what are you got? Why am I being challenged by my bloody teammate? This is not mega at all. This is the opposite of mega. This is actually really annoying. How am I meant to? Uh, I'm being pushed here. If you want to save my tires, but this stupid idiot is like, he's like racing, like right behind me, guys. Come on, guys. He sounded like someone, he sounded like um, someone who works in a roller rink, Russell, this weekend. You're being a tiny bit rude about the pride of Kings Lynn, but I'm going to forgive you for it. Uh, no, I like the, uh, George Russell. I'm pro Russell. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm pro Russell. I'm pro Hamilton, pro Russell. And uh, the, I've saw. I've been watching lots of great videos of all those those train spotting videos that uh, George Russell does. Hi, uh, great. Hi. Um, um today I'm going to be going to watch a train going through a station, and it's going to be marvellous. And then I'm going to be in Australia with flames licking out the back of my Formula One vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) If if Russell... If if Russell and that train guy, Francis Bourgeois, if if they are, as your theory suggests, the same person, right... Yeah, you know they say, "Oh, Superman and Clark Kent. One's the nerd, one's the cool guy. Which one is the nerd and which one's the cool guy?" If Russell and Francis Bourgeois are the same person, who's the cool oh, one? Oh wow, they both inhabit like traits of each, don't yeah. they? Yeah, they're both the nerd and they're both the cool guy. I think Russell yeah. clinches it. Did you- I think Russell clinches it because he drives around at two hundred miles an yeah. hour every weekend, putting himself at risk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they, yeah, yeah. They're, they're different sides of, you know, they, they just look very similar. I haven't um, seen a car. Hamilton, did you notice that in the uh, in the post-race, uh, um, what you call it, in the post-race interview, uh, Lewis Hamilton said mega? Oh, yeah. So, you know, it was a bit, you know, it wasn't quite mega today. And it felt like a little fuck you to George. Like, I, uh. I've, I've taken your place on the podium and now I've taken your language. <laughs> I um I absolutely loved. I haven't seen a car DNF like that for a long time, but I did enjoy watching because um, it reminded me of the Tim Burton Michael Keaton Batmobile, where the flames were coming out of the of that 
the turret, the jet behind. I haven't seen that in in an F1 DNF for a long time. I meant to text you that. Yeah, like the the uh, the the Adam West Batmobile. Um, uh, second place. Yeah, Hamilton. I mean, second place, but really, sort of not. I mean, given the lead, that I mean, that was. Oh boy, that lead. I tweeted think, during uh, the race that um, Verstappen was so far ahead that he's already on lap four of Baku. I liked it a lot. Um, I just, yeah. I mean, I think Lewis is, um, uh, what do you say? He's driving really well. Um, I heard a rumor, and this is just on Twitter. So people say this is Formula One news, but I think it's just someone lying, uh, which is kind of how Twitter works. But um, it, a guy said that apparently for the Yas Marina. Yas Marina. Yas Marina. All of the, actually, it's the Yas Marina. Um, the, uh that was a reference to Marina and the Diamonds, first single from about 15 years ago. Um, they Apparently, they're shipping all seven of Lewis Hamilton's championship winning cars to Yas Marina, which is where he will announce his retirement. Now, that's just a tweet I saw that's probably a lie, but maybe worth leaving leaving here for posterity. Why would he do that at Yas Marina? Yeah, surely Silverstone, right? Yeah, announce yeah. it there. Mm-hmm. I don't Silly. buy it. Uh, second place AM um, it's not the Arctic Monkeys Aston Martin Alonso and Stroll third and oh my uh, god fourth the Boy Wonder finishing in fourth place can you believe it he didn't finish in fourth that's astounding he finished in fourth place Alfie it's kind of astounding yeah but he's been on he's, he's been on a podium in a worse car you know we've seen these things happen before I am very much enjoying Stroll um this uh this year sort of having he sort of have it's it's kind of like a um sort of h&m gap version of nicky lauder's career i think <laughs> he's sort of he's sort of, i think that he's, he's had this accident and everyone's gone yeah he's all right um but more power to him i'm pro stroll i think watching alonzo alonzo oh, um uh, suddenly be uh, important again is amazing so great for everyone except stroll who i think probably wishes that uh aston martin got uh, uh logan Sargent in to be the driver so he could fucking chunk it into people at the back of the grid and stroll could be like no it's not the car it's me i'm really good now i wonder how much of, of that it's the car mate i wonder how much of that development is down to alonso in the off season as well i imagine not much doesn't seem like enough time to really be able to get in and affect the car um, yeah, I like my thing with Aston Martin is that they're like the 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 salt family from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, you know where mm-hmm. he where he has the whole factory buying the opening the chocolate bars to find a gold ticket for his daughter. Yeah, and that's I Aston Martin are very much the Roald Dahl character in Formula One this year. Even Lawrence Stroll's fashion choices choices I've noticed that sort of striped. Uh, blazer that he was wearing on the uh, on the pit wall is very Roald Dahl billionaire. I am all for and it. the size and shape of him. Yeah, he's 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 he is Quinton. He's a Quinton Blake illustration. <laughs> yeah, my boy wants uh, wants to finish in the points today. My boy, look how they massacred my boy. Uh, first place. Um, I'm not. I'm not talking about Red it Bull. Yeah, Red Bull boycotted the safety car this week. You know that. Is that true? Apparently they boycotted. I mean, is that the why they red thing. flags? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bert Mylander slagged off Red Bull's um, first championship victory, 
and Bert Malander. Um, Red Bull doing a lot of uh, sort of PR mind games this week. They said that um, they were boycotting the safety car, and also they said that uh, they said that we at Red Bull didn't recognise some of the dry driving habits that Daniel had picked up when he first got into the simulator, sort of dragging Daniel Ricciardo's um, saying that he wasn't as good a driver in the sim as he was as they remember at Red Bull uh, which is that really them trying to get in Danny's head and trying to get in Sergio's head and I think did they sabotage uh, to the conspiracy theorist fan in me did they sabotage Perez's car to secure Max's uh, point differential this weekend did I mean it doesn't matter because he's still finished in in uh, fifth place I just don't think they need to do that I mean this is the thing, but like it's, it's Red Bull are the team equivalent of one of those sort of depressed rich people who's f- discovering that money doesn't make them happy. <laughs> like they thought they wanted to win, and now they've got there. It's like that the feeling of depression once you kind of conquer a demon or you you finally reach the summit of Kilimanjaro and go ah, but what now? Mm-hmm. That's quite there, nice. Isn't it's, it? it's quite it's poignant. A... Very poignant. Um, I yeah. am nothing if not poignant. Think that? They're... Do you think they're bored at Red Bull? I think, given the nature of Perez's overtaking, he was having the time of his life. He was overtaking like two trailer park girls would, uh, constantly. And there was lots of it around turn eleven as well. I was loving it. Sergio was my favourite driver. I think he won Driver of the Day, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, why? Well, yeah, having climbed from the back to fifth. I mean, he, again with these insane restarts. Um, I mean, just to conclude, uh, what a race! What a what a weird, wild, stupid, mental, rule ignoring, um, entertainment goading weekend the Australian Grand Prix was. But you know what? I'll take it. When's the next race, Joshua? Uh, well, we have a I spring break. It's spring break. Woohoo! Uh, we now have Woo-hoo! like we have like four weekends without a race now. It's ridiculous. Oh, then it's 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 so that was it's the it, the Melbourne Grand Prix was on the second. The next Grand Prix will be Azerbaijan on the thirtieth of April, which means that we've got three blank uh, podcast episodes. Yeah, let me ask you a question: How do you do a Formula One podcast when there's no Formula One? How do we do? What do we do for the next three weeks? Uh, the same thing we did last time, Pinky. Try to take over the world. Um, I think we should do a uh, Q and A. Q&A. We could, we should ask people to write in. Um, which, if you are listening, make sure you follow us on our TikTok because it's really kicking off over there with the F one news that we do. And uh, make sure that you yeah. leave a leave a comment as well, like and subscribe. Um, uh, go on your podcast app and write in with your thumbs. Um, or other fingers that you type with, or you can use voice dictation and let us know what you think of the podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, we will next week. We're going to have a day in the life. We have a lot of fun stuff planned in all seriousness for these few weeks. But I would, I think maybe we should do a Q and A. Let us know in the on our socials. Let's do a Q and A. Yeah, any questions Let's that you get, want to get throw some at questions us? in? We'll probably do one of those things where we like, you know, what if each driver was a different cheese? Which cheese would they be and why? That sort of thing, you know? That's what we usually do, isn't it? We'll talk uh, what, what they're going to be up, getting up to. How, which ones, what have they done with their Easters? That's probably what we'll, because it'll be Good Friday. Lando and Norris is a, record, uh, be... a baby bell, for sure. Lando Norris is the baby bell. Well, we'll save it. Save it. Don't waste all this content on a race week episode. Logan Sargent is sort of that slice of Stop burger this. cheese. Okay, I'll save it. I'll save it. Um, 
I think that Fernando Alonso is what's that one that's like a bomb, the cheddar, the cir- the the sphere, that's really overbearing. I'm, I'm hanging up. Okay, he's, great. He's cool. uh, well, um, well, Alfie, my Lachico Latino. Um, nice to see you. Donde está? And uh, you're at the Melbourne Comedy Festival all month, so, so our Australian. I'm listeners. at the Melbourne Comedy Festival all month. I am previewing my show, Age Against the Machine. Um, at the Where? Bill, uh, at the Bill Murray this Thursday the sixth at uh, six fifteen p.m. Last few tickets are available. Very exciting times and vibes. Thanks, and uh, we'll see you next week. I'm Josh Weller, and I'm Alfie Brown, and this is Dirty Air. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.